It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host, as well as one of the certified financial planners on the show. Next to certified financial planners and friends, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Michael. So you're having a child. Congratulations. You'll never have a peaceful meal again in your life. That is true. No, just kidding. And we're not going to go into it, but there is a male hormonal change that happens when you have a child. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that there. Um, so anyway, the good news is if you appro- uh, approach your finances in the right way, you actually can really excel financially during this time. This can be a, a time to um, a, a accelerate some, some really good things. So we'll tell you how to do this on Wise Money today. That's right. If you have a question, folks, reach out to us. We want to hear from you, except no questions about that hormone thing Kevin was talking about. <laughs> you can reach out to us three different ways, wisemoneyradio.com, or send us a text. Give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, Facebook, Twitter, and yes, YouTube, at Wise Money Radio. Folks, this episode will be on YouTube here shortly. Come check us out. Visit us. It's another way to um, stay engaged in the show. So we'd invite you there. Okay, folks, let's get into it. I'm not 100% sure how to say it, so I'm just going to say it. Cindy and I are expecting our third child. Woohoo! Congratulations. And we Come are on. totally excited about that. She's uh, about 20 weeks along, and we just had our ultrasound, and I'm happy to announce it's going to be a baby boy. All mm. right. So, Carrington is our daughter. She's seven. You sure Kuiper's that wasn't the umbilical son. cord? <laughs> Kuiper's our son. He's five, and now we'll have another... We've got another boy on the way here coming to the world in February. So I've been really anxious to tell you guys this on the show. Um, It's really monopolized my thinking and all my planning and all of that for the past few months. So ah, nice to have that out. All right. (laughs) As you're aware, having a child, like Kevin said, having a child, it changes everything, especially in your finances. We've seen this really be an inflection point for a lot of people. I've seen it in my own life when we had our first child. And it's very illustrative, illustrative of illustrative <laughs> some of the financial planning that you need to do in all six areas well it, okay inflection point i i say game changer world yeah. changer you know turn your life upside down type of an event i i remember when andrea and i were younger uh, married couple and we were in a small group at church with couples that were a little bit older than us also married and they st- all started having kids and it, it was interesting to me how their lifestyle just dramatically changed all of a sudden when these little ones were, were born. And Andrea and I, you know, we're, we're feeling a little uh, dejected, like, hey, all our friends are all tied up now. And uh, I, I remember even saying, and I, I shouldn't even be confessing this on the radio, um, but I remember thinking and actually saying this to Andrea, boy, it, 
someone needs to tell them that this child joined their family, not the <laughs> other way around. Like they should still be able to go hang out with us, right? Oh my god! At least I, young, you know, night. past seven o'clock at night. Yeah, right? exactly. And uh, you know, since then I've realized just how foolish I once was. <laughs> Hopefully, I, less or so. But not only does it change your lifestyle, your whole your whole life to uh, in general, but your finances get. Com- Completely turned totally. upside down. It, you, the, the game changes. Your approach needs to change. And it really has an impact on all six areas of your financial life in some way or fashion. So we're going to be unpacking a lot of that today on the show. That's right. About a year ago, if you're a regular listener, and we hope you are to the Wise Money Show, we did a series about the biggest life transitions that you go through. And uh, we all agreed, right, that having a baby was the most difficult. I I don't think we all agree (laughs) on that, actually. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Seriously, though, we see people, when they reach this life transition of going from being married or or not parents to all of a sudden becoming parents, they usually hit this phase from three different angles. Uh, The first one, they just take it in stride. They've got things set up financially, and they just keep on, obviously everything changes, but they keep on progressing financially. The second approach, we see some people where they say, ho, 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 hold everything financially. We have just made this huge right turn, put everything on hold. We need to figure this out. And it monopolizes all of their time and their finances. And then the third, and and I want to be careful about the words I use here. The third, we see a lot of people who really weren't ready for this financially to begin with. And, And I don't want you to to latch on to the phrase of, you know, you'll never be, I'm not, I'm not ready financially to have kids yet, but, but let me point out, there's some people that don't have the right financial habits by this time and having a child, it just kind of excels those bad habits and creates, compounds some financial challenges. We believe everyone can hit this point in stride and actually excel financially, even during this big life change. And so we want to talk about that today so that you can do it, folks, and you don't have to use that excuse of, well, financially, we're not ready to have kids or or what what have you. We want you to win at that. So what we're going to break down here is, all right, you find out you're having a child. What are the things you need to start doing? Then we'll talk about what are the things you need to stop doing. And then we'll talk about what are the things you need to keep doing to excel financially when having a child. So let's start, guys. Uh, what things, you find out you're having a child, what things do you need to start doing? I, I've always thought when you find out you're having a child, you should start a really huge home improvement project. Is that um, a joke? Yes, that's a joke. <laughs> I'm looking right at you. Sydney <laughs> and I had this home improvement <laughs> project planned, and then we found out we were having a child, and I'm like, put that thing on hold, and she's like, don't. Don't we need that now because of the child? That was kind of part of the plan. Right. It's like, oh, my goodness. Woman, yeah. don't you know how frugal I am? That's <laughs> right. So at, at uh, 20 weeks uh, pregnant, that's maybe not the greatest time to start a big project. <laughs> but if it was already in the works, uh, <laughs> so be it. But uh, if, if there was ever a, a thing that maybe needs to get fast forwarded in your life, if you haven't already implemented it, it's getting started in budgeting. And I mean for real, not just kind of tracking your finances or having a sense for where things are. I, I mean, getting into the discipline or the habit, as you said earlier, of uh, not only planning your cash flow, but also tracking it, monitoring it, holding yourselves accountable. Because as uh, as you have children join your household, 
uh, the, the stakes go up for starters, but you have to get really good at reprioritizing along the way. Yeah, You're, you're not going to be able to anticipate all of the financial needs that are coming down the pike here. Um, you may not be able to budget perfectly the first round, but as you start to understand and you have more insights into what cash flow needs to look like, you have to have a budgeting process that can adjust along the way. Yeah, so that we're talking about skills, and one of the reasons why the skill of budgeting is so important, I just looked this up. It costs $233,610 to raise a child. Oh, Give me a break. I'm out of here. <laughs> so here's the deal. It's it, more than that if you add college, by the way. Well, sure, and if, if um, the, on the lower end, if you have lower income, it, they put it at 174690 and higher income, you may spend three seventy two, two ten. So somewhere we've we, made a terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we, need to, we need to talk. You didn't need that money anyway, Mike. So it, it, so it's somewhere between one hundred seventy five and three seventy five uh, to get that child up out of the house. And so certainly, you know, Joshua, you talked about the skill, but I'd say the habit. Be, yep. be in the habit of budgeting. Now, I was talking to one of our team members about the, the show we were going to do, and she said, well, what is it? And I said, well, it's going to be what to expect when you're expecting financially. And she said, um, well, I don't have to listen to that because I'm a grandma. If you're listening to this and you're a grandma, get ready to talk to your grandchildren about finances. They need to hear it from you. And the the best advice I would give someone, if you if you are married but don't yet, have uh, you're not yet expecting? I would tell you to figure out a way to live on one income. Hmm. That that to me is is the greatest discipline that you could ever have. And um, you may be hearing me say that, saying that's impossible. There's no way I could live. Our family could get by on one income. And I'm telling you, you can. So just go um, go figure it out because then when the time comes. You are you. You got that much of a jump, and that much you're that much better prepared for the the baby that comes. Which I think points back to budgeting. We we've got a little bit more. I actually have a very specific process. I coach people to follow on budgeting when they find out they're having a child. So, but I I agree with that principle, Kevin. I, I, if you're able. Yes, figure out a way to live on one income. So, folks, what to expect in your financial life when you're expecting? We're going to keep talking about things you need to start doing when you get that news. Coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Kevin, turn your computer volume down. Done and done. Thank you. My name is Mike Bernard alongside Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern & Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the Wise Money program. If you have a question or comment, thoughts, anything else, we'd love to hear from you. WiseMoneyRadio.com. Give us a call, 574 222 2000, excuse me, or check us out on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter at Wise Money Radio. 
Well, I announced in the first segment, Cindy and I are expecting our third child. It's a boy, folks. That'll be one girl, two boys, and trust me, the balance of power will still be completely even, if not slated a little bit to the women, because Carrington and Mama, they run the show. That That's not going to change. But we're talking about- They might about, not wear the pants, but they do wear pants. Yes. We are talking about when you get that news or when your child gets that news or when your grandchild gets that news, what do you need to be doing financially? And then we're going to talk about what do you need to stop doing and what are the things you need to keep doing. And we launched by saying, listen, this is going to touch all six areas of your financial life. Yeah. And I think it's important. I, I'm, I can't get this question out of my mind. We were asked by a listener who said, well, I have a coworker who listens to your show and they're interested, but they're thinking um, financially, what what does it take to work with a financial advisor? It might cost too much. It might cost too much. What does it cost? And I mm-hmm. say, well, look, take your cable bill and your cell phone bill. What do you pay for those two a month? You're probably going to, if you combine those two, you're probably paying less a month for your financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And I guess the the question is, which one is more important? And I can tell you, after working with clients for 24 years and seeing um, just a follow-up, we talked about a, a fella a couple shows ago who had, had sent me a thank you note for getting started. He took me to lunch yesterday, and he was saying how strange it was to get started hmm. in, in financial planning and investing because investing when you think about it it's it's intangible you can't you can't see your investments you can't feel them you can't open the garage and check on them to make sure they're there and in 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 good running order so it's 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 a very interesting thing but if you said to me i'm expecting what should i do i would say are you working with a good financial advisor and of course our bias is that is a certified financial planner cfp.net to find that person so i would say work with a great financial advisor because when you when we we're going to run around the circle here and talk about the six areas and why it's important but when you look at the first area present financial position the skill that you need and the habit that you need to have built into your financial life is that of having a budget so you need to be knowing where your money's going. Take your, take your, tell your dollars where to go and what to do. Well, it's also uh, in this area. I would uh, mention that when you're expecting the need for an emergency fund goes higher. Right? Absolutely, There's more people in the household, more things that can go wrong, that sort of thing. Right. And so the next area is protection planning, and that's what risks do you live with? Which risks do you transfer? A lot of times people think of insurance. But when you look at this, if you're going, especially if you're going to go from two incomes to one, the question is, well, who had the health insurance before? Mm -hmm. Who will have the health insurance after? Yeah. What about life insurance? How much life insurance is needed to fund the unfunded goals or to sustain a certain desired lifestyle or these types of things. So life insurance is important, making sure disability insurance is up to date, making sure that um, if you're getting to a point where you're starting to have children, you probably have some things to protect. So your home and auto insurance, the right liability limits, things like this. These are all very important. That's the second area of financial planning, which is protection planning. Third area is tax planning. Your financial financial life is going to change especially in the area of taxes. So if you go from a a higher income to a lower income, what kind of tax planning should I be doing? Should I be considering a Roth 
conversion? Should I be making sure that I'm doing a 529 plan contribution? I'm going to get, I may be able to qualify for a child tax credit. That's a thousand bucks there. I'm going to have another exemption. What do I need to do in my financial life to accommodate that? Investment planning, and again, that's making sure that your the dollars that you've set aside to reach your, your future goals are structured correctly. I can't tell you how many people I've met with that have come in and said, hey, I need some help with college planning. Um, I knew when my child was born 17 years ago, I really wanted to set aside some money for her to go to school. Now, we never did it, but we wanted to. Hmm. And it feels like it was just yesterday. So, yeah, we so, don't want that to be you folks. So here we are. I th- this is your chance to be a miracle worker, and uh, it, it it doesn't really work. This the the fifth area typically is retirement planning. We call it education planning. Hey, what are you going to be on the hook for as far as providing for your child's education? And that well, and those are two separate goals, right? College and retirement. And sometimes they can be in conflict with each other. And and now is the time if you are. Uh, expecting you have uh, children coming into your life, it's time to start doing that prioritization of these goals. Make sure that you have the right dollars going towards the right things because college is most likely going to show up before retirement. Doesn't mean it's the most important goal necessarily. Though. That's right. That's right. So it is one of the key areas of financial planning. We kind of split it in two. We refer to it as college or retirement planning. Um, the analysis or the the process is the same though. Right, and you do that work up front and make those decisions up front. Otherwise, you are making that when your child's 17 and you say, okay, this means instead of retiring at 65, I'm going to retire at 72 to educate my child the same way the the Joneses are educating their child and I'm we're just trying to keep up. So you say, no, make those decisions early on and, and set those in stone and be good with them. And then the, the last area is estate planning. And with this child coming, you want to... Um, update your documents to make sure that um, you, you've accommodated this child and what will happen with the resources that you have when you, because estate planning is planning for the second death. So let's say mom and dad are gone. So who is going to be taking care of the child? Who's going to be taking care of the money for the child? Typically those two are separate. And a lot of times people are hesitant to update their estate planner to do that work because they're not sure who they want to nominate to take care of the child. And we would encourage you, get it done. Just get it done. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to be perfect, and it, 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 you may stage this thing. So you might have a child, and in, in three to five years into it, you might say, you know what, this set of grandparents isn't really involved or interested in my new child, but this set is. Maybe I need to change the, the uh, guardian uh, provision. Well, so, so something you said in there really stood out to me because as we're talking about the things that you should be starting to do when you find out that you're having a child, um, one of them is to start getting your network of support and advice in place. And that certainly should, uh, as you would expect us to say, it should involve a financial advisor, maybe uh, a CPA, but also the, the rest of the family members or the friends who are going to support you as you go through one of life's biggest transition points. The biggest. Yeah. Uh, you're still, <laughs> still campaigning on that one, aren't you? <laughs> it's the truth. No, you, know, you, you have to have a pediatrician. You have to have these other professionals that you're going to rely upon and getting that network in place. Now is the time. When, mm-hmm. when you find out you've got nine months before 
uh, another family members uh, joining the crew here, uh, it, it's important to get those things in place. I would also emphasize the importance of getting um, goal setting a, as a habit built into your financial life as well. Um, your priorities are going to change. Mm-hmm. They will change over time. They will change in unpredictable ways. You probably can't even anticipate what's going to be important to you five years into parenting. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to have a process for you and your spouse, because it's possible that your priorities, your values change in different ways than your spouse as well. And so having a process where you're constantly bringing each other back to here's what we're going to accomplish in our financial life together. That's incredibly important to build as a system or a repeatable process for your family. Well, we've shared before that the the right financial planner for you should be bringing three things to the table. They should be adding value to you in three intangible ways that kind of are above the others. And that's giving clarity to your financial life, giving confidence that you're on track to reach your goals, and bringing creativity as well. We're running through a list right now of things that you need to start doing when you find out you're expecting a child, as well as things to stop doing. We're going to hit that soon as things to keep doing. Your financial planner should be bringing ideas to you in each of those categories that maybe you didn't come up with on your own. So extremely valuable, extremely helpful. We've got a lot more things to talk about what you should start doing. Some of that was embedded in the list Kevin went through, but we're going to circle back. What things you need to start doing when you're expecting in your finances. We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. I've got Joshua Gregory next to me, next to him, Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. Hopefully you're joining us on YouTube as well. We are recording this. It is on the YouTube channel at Wise Money Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter there as well. If you've got a question, reach out to us. 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com to submit your question right there. Hey, we're talking about one of the biggest life transitions. I'm facing one right now. Cindy and I found out recently we are expecting our third child. It's a boy. We're super excited. Financially, everything's going to change. We've already got two kids, so it's a little bit uh, of an adjustment, if you will. But when you find out or your kids find out or your grandkids find out that they're having kids their financial life changes. So we're talking about the ways that it impacts your financial life, all six areas, and really things you need to start doing, things you need to stop doing, and things you need to keep doing. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Josh mentioned earlier that, well, one of the things you need to start doing is budgeting or maybe keep doing. When I'm serving folks who find out they're having a child for the first time, there's a very specific approach I tell them to to take with their budgeting. You need, when you find out you're expecting, you need to build three budgets right away. And the first one is build a budget from where you are right now to the time that baby is born. Why? Well, number one, you've got to save up for all the out-of-pocket costs, all the ultrasounds and all that sort of stuff. you got to save up for the delivery. Uh, that's usually a deductible that's met or something like that. You've got to save up for all the stuff that you need to buy, Right? And there's a few other things that you need to start saving up for. Oh, one of them is uh, one of you 
reducing your income or being out of work during maternity, okay? So that's the first budget. What's it look like now from here until the baby's born? Then the second budget is the maternity budget where now your income's gone down because one of you are staying home with the child, but your expenses have increased. You've now got to pay for diapers and maybe formula and some other things. So there's that second budget. And then the third is the new normal. Why are you laughing at at you right now? Then this- I am so beyond that stage. The the new normal (laughs) is maybe you're going back to two incomes, but you now are adding a mortgage size expense called childcare, or maybe it's staying at one and a half income or just one income, but you still have those higher expenses of maybe some childcare and diapers and food and all that sort of stuff. So as soon as you find out you're expecting, you need to build three budgets. That's great advice because, you know, we more generically than that, we often say anytime there's a material change in your life, whether it's your cash flow, income, whatever, you need to rebuild the budget. And as, as you're uh, wisely pointing out, you already know of three new phases or three stages of this change that are going to happen. So why not go ahead and, and, and recognize that the budget needs to be adjusted along the way here? Because one of the biggest questions you're going to face, at, at least I've faced this with a lot of folks that I know, is, well, can we go down to just one income? Can, can one of the um, parents stay home full time. Well, I, it's it's all a budget question, and and the reason why we point to how this impacts your entire financial life is you've got to look at your goals to see if you can go down to one income but still reach those financial goals. Speaking of financial goals, the second thing you need to start doing, in my opinion, is as Kevin illustrated, you're never more motivated to save for that child's college than the day they're born. Start that five twenty nine plan, folks. A couple of weeks ago, we debated some of the different ways you can save up for college. If you are confident you're going to use this money for college, start a 529 plan. And 99 cases out of 100, it's the right plan. Get that started. If you live in Indiana, you need to start funding that thing because you also get a state tax credit. Yep. And one of the ideas, actually, I was just talking with some folks, and they, instead of giving gifts to their grandchildren... They give the money to their children and tell their children to put the money into the 529 plan. So in the state of Indiana, if you put a dollar in the 529 plan, you get a 20 cent credit. So I need to call my parents and make sure they're listening to this right, right now. That's actually. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this but, is but a great listen, vision but, you're laying but by out. By the third, so Kevin, you've got three kids. Josh, yep. you've got three kids. Now we're having our third. By the third. I don't, this child doesn't have, doesn't need more stuff. They don't need more toys. And yet there is going to be this love and um, expectation that people want to buy them gifts. I, they don't need more stuff. Right. And the, and for our kids, whatever we wanted them to have, we bought it for them. So there wasn't, there wasn't a big list. I mean, when we were growing up for Christmas, you got three pairs of underwear, an orange, and a matchbox car, and you thought you had hit the jackpot. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and it's simpler times. Yeah, it, well, it's a little different now, mm-hmm. and so um, it, it, things are easier to come by, it seems. And so folks have what they want for their kids. So it's a great way for grandparents to bless their grandchildren, and if the parents have it set up. And make the, get the money from the grandparents, put the money in the grandchild's account. The parents get the credit. Yeah, 
Yeah. A couple other things real quick to start doing, and they're both kind of negative in nature, so I'll tuck them together. And one is, is life insurance. When you, if you were to pass away suddenly and now you've got another mouth to feed, someone to care for, some financial goals that would be unmet without your income, should you increase or get life insurance for the first time to help cover those needs? I would argue absolutely. And coupled with that, do you need, should you have life insurance on this child? And that's, you need to sit down with your certified financial planner and answer that question. I have life insurance on my kids. When this new bundle of joy is born, we're going to add life insurance on him as well. And then your estate plan. When you have your first child, that is oftentimes, I'd probably say 70% of the time, not that that's right, but oftentimes when you first get your will, because that's where you would list the guardian. Um, but will and formal estate plan, as well as fixing or updating beneficiaries. So there's a lot of stuff here, folks, that you need to start doing. Once again, this is the most difficult life transition. I'm just kidding. Just well, kidding. And, and Mike, you hit on a, an interesting question. Should I get life insurance for my child? And it, I would say it depends. Yeah. Because when you look at that, if you say, I've done my budget, and there is no room in the budget, then you say, well, I'll live with the risk. Right. Because you say, I, I'm insuring my assets. So I'm, insu- I, I'm insuring myself. If I die and I'm earning income today, that income will be replaced in the form of life insurance proceeds. If my child dies, they're, they're not uh, givers, they're right. they're takers. They're takers. Yes, for <laughs> the financially for the first eighteen years or yeah. so, or, or however long. So then you say, well, maybe I don't need it. Now there are some interesting little twists when you're getting your home and auto insurance with certain companies. You can get a small five or ten thousand dollar policy and add that on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your child w- and and not increase the cost of what you're paying at all. So there are some neat little tricks there. Yep. Uh, talk to your financial advisor about that. Well, I just just um, let me let's let's dive a touch deeper here and that life insurance. Let me tell you why I have life insurance on my kids and and it might resonate with you. It it might not. But for for me. Um, we do have the emergency fund set up. Everything you know, we eat our own cooking, folks. So the stuff we talk about on the on the air, I've got in my financial life. Okay, um, so if an emergency like that happened, uh, financially we'd be able to swing the funeral. However, I would be an emotional wreck. And and what if I needed to take a leave from my job, right, for a season? Right. And um, who knows? W- would you continue to get paid during that time? I wouldn't expect that of my employer. I don't know if you would of yours, but to me, it's it's not it, it, once. Once I had kids, I looked at this differently and said it's not about the fact that they're not bringing income to the family, therefore we don't need life insurance. It's would my ability to bring income into the family change, at least for a season, something happened to one of them. I I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I thought you were going to go down a road of also saying that you lock in that child's insurability. That's the second reason. You know, people like, uh, you know, I I have family members who as a child developed juvenile diabetes, Mm -hmm. right? No fault of their own, wasn't a lifestyle decision, it was genetics, and they will never be able to buy life insurance. But had it been purchased 
early on, before that had been developed, maybe they would have at least some sort of base policy that they could carry with them into adulthood. That's right. So lots of things you need to start doing when you find out you're expecting. What things do you need to stop doing? What things should you keep doing? We've got that list coming up and much more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope your Saturday is off to a great start, folks. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for being with us today. I hope you're joining us on YouTube as well. We are streaming this on YouTube. You'll be able to catch all the episodes right there in the future as well. If you're driving, uh, don't catch us on YouTube, okay? Just use the radio. Uh, You can catch the podcast as well on iTunes, Google Play. Just search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you have a question or just want to connect with us in other ways, you can do so. WiseMoneyRadio.com. You can submit a question right there or listen to the podcast online. I think we'll be connecting the YouTube channel to that as well. So you might be able to get those videos right there soon. Uh, Give us a call or text 574-222-2000. Lastly, also on Facebook and Twitter at Wise Money Radio. Submit questions, comments, connect with us in each of those ways. We are talking about what to expect in your finances when you are expecting. You find out that you or one of your kids or maybe even a grandchild is having a baby. What do they need to start doing? What do they need to stop doing? And what do they need to keep doing in their finances? Made a long list of things to start doing. And we're going to tackle real quick the things that you should stop doing and then continue doing in your finances. You know, one of them that I would throw out there is to stop borrowing money to fund your lifestyle or your experiences. The more consumer debt that you have in your life, the closer you're living to the edge, closer you are to crisis lifestyle or crisis living. And uh, it's really important that when you find out that you're going to have kids, that you start eliminating as much of that consumer debt as possible so you put some distance between you and crisis living. And and then build in the plan to not have to live on that moving forward. That's right. Eliminate it from your life. Debt elimination and then debt prevention. And that's important because you need to also recognize that your credit card behaviors or your debt behaviors will likely become your kids' debt behavior someday. Mm. So you need to be real careful and intentional about uh, what kind of habits you're putting on display that they will someday export out of your household. Oh, that's scary. Okay. <laughs> yes. It, it is. Yeah, another uh, stop doing might be just fighting the urge to buy everything that Babies RS is selling. <laughs> right? I have this phrase, and I'm just going to throw it out there on the airwaves. Cindy keeps bringing it up. When we first found out we were having Carrington, and it was a girl, and it was our first, all these things were... Well, there's this, uh, this, these plush, plush blankets, plush uh, stuffed animals and everything. And I had this coin phrase of saying, only plush for our baby. <laughs> and boy, do I regret <laughs> saying that. We haven't stuck to it, folks. But uh, when it's your first, every, you, everything is all glitz, glamour. You want to have everything for your child because you want the best for them. But pooping, peeing, puking on plush... That just sounds like a terrible combination. Terrible. It's a terrible idea. 
So you don't need one of everything. You don't need brand new. Maybe it's time to start hunting the garage sales or accepting the generosity of other people who are willing to share some hand-me-downs. So you can keep dollars and cents available for the things that are much more important that will be much more lasting than something that they're going to outgrow, you know, in in a matter of weeks. Yeah, and if you get the the latest, greatest, hottest, fastest, bestest stroller, I can promise you by the time your child, your your child will only be done with that stroller before they'll have a better or smarter model, and you'll look at that and have stroller envy and think, we need need one of those. Our child should not be in this stroller. They should be in that stroller. Well, the point here, folks, is is we want this to be an exciting time in your life, not a stressful time financially, and to have balance. So, you know, you've got people that will come over and stop by to see the baby, and they'll bring a gift, and have them bring the new clothes and the new outfit and the new toy, uh, but but hopefully moderation for you so that it doesn't throw your finances in a tailspin. Absolutely. Well, speaking of not letting your financial life go into a tailspin, some of you may need to consider very seriously no longer being a do-it-yourselfer when it comes to your finances. There may be some tasks that you need to just get off your plate and onto a professional's because they're just critical to your financial success. And if you're intellectually honest with yourself, you're probably not going to have the time and energy to stay up to date in these areas. I'm, I'm talking about things like managing your own investments or preparing your own tax returns going online and shopping for your own insurance. Some of these things Mm -hmm. you can delegate to a professional who, quite frankly, should know it better than you do and keep you up to date, keep you current uh, so so that you don't neglect this accidentally. Well, and also, you know, bring some creativity. You know, they've uh, seen a number of other families have their first child. And you're and you've just you're experiencing it for the first time. So they should have some new ideas, some different ideas. Anything to content to stop doing? Yeah, you, you know, I, I would maybe go deeper on one of these. When you become a parent, you need to stop shopping for car insurance based on price alone. And you know, you, you're going to have precious cargo on board when the kids are in the car. If you're ever a victim of an accident and the driver who hits you doesn't have insurance or maybe doesn't have enough insurance, in Indiana, it's your insurance company that would be coming to your rescue in a situation like that. But they're doing so based on the limits that you've put in place. The only thing that's more scary than a bad accident with your kids in the car is finding out that the other driver who caused the accident isn't properly insured and maybe realizing that you also don't have the right coverage in place. So if you haven't done it lately, I think it's important to dust off the insurance contracts and review the part of your coverage called uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage. This is that protection that uh, really helps make sure that your family is safe regardless of who causes the accident and whether or not they've made good choices in their coverage. Right, and I would encourage you to consider having a personal umbrella liability policy because it for just a few bucks, I, I was looking at uh, uh, a situation and for $171. A year. A year. They're laying an extra million dollars of coverage above their underlying limits. So instead of having a half million dollars of coverage, they have a million and a half uh, for liability purposes. And that's a huge deal because we've seen in our agency 
umbrella policies pay out. We've seen a million-dollar policy pay out twice, and that's always in an awful situation. But this is where you want to wear a belt and suspenders, especially if you have this precious cargo. There's more at stake, right? I mean, so more at stake in your financial life. This is why I'm glad we do this show, the, th- the three of us, because I wouldn't have latched onto that. I wouldn't have pointed to that. But you're so totally right. That's the second time you said latched onto that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Inappropriate. I told you. I'm, I'm sorry. My, my brain has been monopolized by this baby. <laughs> hey, we need to spend a couple minutes on things you need to keep doing. When, when we launched the show, I was talking about when we help people through this life transition, they usually take the, they approach it from three different angles. One, they just hit it in stride and keep trucking financially. And that's what we want you to do. Others put everything on hold. And then others just don't have the right financial habits to begin with. And so this, this can lead to that tailspin we we're talking about. So the things that you should keep doing, keep focusing on your long-term goals, folks. We do see a lot of people who say, oh, having a baby, I'm done with that 401k. I can't save for retirement when now I've got to start buying diapers. Or or I've got a pension where I work. All right, I think I need to stay home for several years and maybe not go back to work. And then you, you don't get that pension or so on. Stay focused on those long-term goals. There will be adjustments in your life when you've got, when you hit this life transition. Don't make the mistake of just freezing everything and stopping to make stop stop making progress in your financial life. I, I agree absolutely. You know, another investment that you need to keep on making is one in your marriage. Mm. Okay, um, it, it's very possible that children get added to the mix, and the two of you start pouring all your focus into raising these children. And it's easy for time to go by where you're distracted and you're not focusing on each other anymore. You know, marriages often struggle, sometimes because of sins of commission. Other times it's sins of omission. You stop doing the things that are those investments that bring you closer and build a stronger and stronger marriage. Don't let child rearing be the thing that helps drive a wedge between you and your spouse. Well, not only is that great advice financially, folks, that... It's worth the $50 in your budget to go out on a date every week or once a month or whatever the right situation is for you. So great advice, Josh. I I hope this has been helpful. I I hope this this podcast is one that you can send to someone, a friend or a family member when you find out they're expecting this exciting time. But hopefully that can help you and them get the right and keep the right financial habits in their life. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for being with us. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corwin, and myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.